Welcome to the Lafkate podcast. Lafkate is a seasoned teacher of the Word of God, an author and pastor of Vision Impact Church, a thriving church in Ghana. And now, today's message. I bring you a message I've titled Captives of Triumph. Relevant to this message, captive is one who has been confined or one held as prisoner. In history, people such as military members or irregular military or civilians are held as captives or prisoners of war by a belligerent power during or immediately after armed conflicts. Depending on the culture of the victors or the captors, those captured could be expected to be slaughtered or enslaved. Let's look at the scripture under consideration. Turn your Bibles with me if you have one to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. The Bible says, but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphant procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Paul writes the scripture we just read with a setting in mind, that of the Roman Empire. The triumphal procession in the Roman culture was a very lavish parade conducted in Rome to celebrate the great victories of the Romans in significant military campaigns. In such processions, they paraded the spoils of war and they lead in triumph the most important leaders, the generals of their enemies, whom they have captured in their parades of victory or triumph. They present them as conquered slaves to intimidate the vanquished and to celebrate their prowess, their power, their superiority over the victims. At the end of such lavish parades, they either slaughter some of these great warriors, these great generals who once were their enemies, they slaughtered them to their gods or they sold some of them into slavery. With this in mind, Paul was writing, but thanks be to God. Now it is Christ who is at the head of the procession as a victor and his victims included Paul himself. The backdrop, first of all, to this scripture in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 14 is that Paul writes that he was at a place called Tras, which is modern day Eski, Istanbul, 
in Turkey. And at the time that he was there, he said there was a great open door before him. However, he did not have peace. Why? Because one of his soldiers, one of his aides, one of his companions, one who supported him spiritually, stood with him and did the work with him, one who he could also consider as a brother or a son in the person of Titus was nowhere to be found. And there was no news about him. And that caused him a lot of uncertainty, lack of peace. He worried that where is Titus? It's like you woke up in the morning and somebody brought you a brand new Jeep. But then the same morning you look at you look around and one of your children is nowhere to be found. In fact, probably he has not been there for a week and you kept hoping that he will soon come or she will soon appear. Two days passed, three days passed, a week passed, and I don't know how long, but it has passed and that thing that is most dear to your heart is still not in. You hope that morning when the car came, your son or your daughter was there to celebrate with you, but they were nowhere to be found. Now, how can you celebrate a brand new car in the absence of your child? So now, Paul is seeing an open door by God, but his companion Titus was not there. And he said, because of that, I did not have peace. Could that be your story? Is it your story somehow? That there's an open door set before you. That open door could be a great business. That open door could be a great partnership. That open door is that you had hope that your church would be enlarged because you have put a lot of work into it. Maybe you are a pastor and I'm speaking to you today. That open door is that somebody promised to marry you. I, I just heard a story of, of a gentleman who just died in the UK. He went to have an eye surgery, finished having the eye surgery, went back for a checkup, and then caught this virus at the hospital. Meanwhile, he was engaged to be married to a woman who was ready at the time, maybe around March, early March, was engaged to be married, and the woman was holding her visa and her ticket to go and get married to her fiancé, only that that virus killed him suddenly. I don't know if that is your story. One open door and suddenly a closed door. So you are torn. You are torn apart and you wonder, I thought that was God who opened that door. I thought I came into this year, into this life. I know there's so much in me. I've been made up with so much. I have intelligence. I have money. I have strength. And suddenly a sickness comes in. And you kind of feel the door is shut on me. I will amount to nobody. So Paul had an open door and yet he had no peace because Titus was nowhere to be found. This is what I want you to know if that is your story. Your setback is a stone set up for you to climb and soar. Your setback 
what you are calling a setback, the situation of one door open, I know is God, I'm going to walk into it, and immediately another slammed in front of me. I want you to know that setback is a setup, a stone that has been intentionally placed. You can see it as a blockage or you can see it as a climb. But I came to tell you it's a setup for you to climb and soar to what God purposed for you to be. Now, considering the scripture we have read, thanks be to God, who always leads us in Christ's triumphant procession, the number one thing I deduce from that scripture is that a man without Christ is an opponent to God. And I don't know who God is saying that to. Maybe you are listening to me now. And you have been walking with Christ. But the challenges of life have dulled your heart. They have blunted the sharpness of your spirit. The challenges of life. I don't know what your challenge is. But the things you are going through, they have stilled everything God has planted into you. So you've turned your back on God. Or maybe you are one that has never worked with God and you think the God business doesn't no work and it does not work for you and it will not work for you. In that, you are opposing God. Maybe you are one that has vehemently opposed the things of God. Then you may be like Paul because the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9 and verse 5, when Paul, at the time Saul, encountered Jesus Christ on one of his journeys to go and persecute the Christians in Damascus. As he was going, Christ revealed himself to him. And in that vision, Paul asked the question, Who are you, Lord? The verse 5 of Acts chapter 9. Who are you, Lord? And Jesus answered, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Paul did not know he was persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting the church, but then it was directly an opposition to God himself. So anyone who does not have Christ, they oppose God. And I don't know where you are at. That is why I made the scenarios. Maybe you were once walking with him and you turned your back and you have become cold and you don't want to know anything about him again. Or you don't know him at all. Maybe you fight against the things of God. Like Paul was fighting against the things of God. There are people who don't want to know anything about God at all. They say there's no God. People vehemently speak against God and speak against the things of God. They kick against God. And Paul was asked by Jesus Christ, why do you kick against the gods? G-O-A-D. Why are you kicking the things that you cannot break? The things that you cannot destroy? I am that thing and I don't know where you are. Your mind tells you I can do things in my own power. Where is Rome today? Those who held people captive and killed them and celebrated looking at human beings and killing them and putting them in the fire to, to sacrifice them to their gods where are they. But God lives forever. God is. 
He is the I am that I am. Never changing God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't oppose God. Because nobody opposes God and wins. The second thing I deduce out of the scripture we read is that one who surrenders to Christ is captured by God's love. I surrendered. There's a song which says, I surrender. I surrender. To be my blessed Savior, I surrender. One who surrenders to Christ is captured by God's love. There's no better person to love you than for God to love you. His love is so strong. His love is so sure. His love is unchangeable. He has promised to love you eternally. It is because of his love that he gave Jesus Christ. People could try to give their children in exchange for someone else, but no one can give a sinless child a son who did not know sin at all, who is Christ Jesus, the only son God gave him. You are sinful. I was sinful, but Christ came to do the great exchange because of the love of the Father so that we will know the expression of his love in the face of his only begotten son. So Jesus Christ came to lay down his life for us so that we when we surrender to him, when we say yes to him, when you say yes to Jesus Christ, immediately you have entered into the love of God. A love which shall never pass away. A love which shall never disappoint. A love you can depend on. It's not the spouse who will tell you, they make a vow at the altar, and when they find someone else, they leave. It's not the spouse who will tell you, unless you are this size or this weight or this height, eh, I found someone else. God loves you just as you are. And he has loved you and he will love you forever till eternity. You will be held bound by the love of God when you surrender to him. This love is illogical. This love of God works against every logic. You see, whereas the captors in the Roman parade are led to their death or to be enslaved, the love of God leads you into freedom, leads you into life, leads you into peace. Think about it. Instead of you being sacrificed because of your sin, because you are a victim, you turn your back on Christ. So Satan was holding you captive as a victim to destroy you. But now God comes to save you and not to destroy you, but to make you. Not to mar you. He wants to make you who he originally created you to be. It's not logical. In the Roman parade, they killed the captives 
or they enslaved them. But now you are in Christ's parade as the general of all generals. He is leading the parade triumphantly overcoming death, overcoming the grave, overcoming sin. The Bible says he knew no sin. When he died, he went down and he dispossessed Satan of every power. He dispossessed Satan. He took the keys of death from Satan. You know what Christ was doing when he rose from the grave? He rose victorious and he says, I have the keys of life and death and I reign forevermore. He's reigning for you that you also have life in him. And when you join his procession, you are not joining to be led into destruction. Because he was sacrificed for you and you don't need to be sacrificed. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that Abraham took his son Isaac. It's symbolic of what we are sharing today. It was God who told him, go and sacrifice your son. And the father obeyed. And the father took that child and laid him on the altar to sacrifice him. Lifted his, his knife. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that actually he killed him. Because God was seeing his heart and his mind, his motives, his intentions. And God saw that Abraham totally loved him. Just like God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Abraham also put his Isaac on the altar, his only begotten son. Then God the father spoke and said, Abraham, do not kill the child. Ten. And when he turned... There was a ram in the ticket, and God told him, use that ram and sacrifice it for me. In fact, when you join Christ's triumphant procession, anything and anyone behind you to destroy you, God says, I should tell you, he has taken care of them. And you, who was one day a victim, now you are a victor. Hallelujah. Now you are a victor. You are not to be sacrificed. Your Isaac has been sacrificed. Jesus Christ is that Isaac. You who were to die, you will die no more for Christ took your place. And he's calling you to a life of surrender. That takes me to the third thing I deduce out of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us. In Christ's triumphant procession. So that we may spread his aroma everywhere. When you join this procession of Christ. To spread the knowledge. The aroma of the knowledge of Christ wherever you are. is because you have experienced something. You said when I was in the devil's procession. I was whipped. I think of slave trade. That you see the people chained. And you see their captors whipping them. Chained hands and feet. And their captors whipping them. More treating them. But when you join Christ's procession. You have freedom. For the Bible says. For freedom. Christ has set us free. He has set us free that will carry around in our bodies the love we have received. We will carry around in preaching the gospel, the good news of Christ, that God loves humanity. God loves everyone. So the third thing I deduce is this. We triumph with Christ. We triumph. Not sometimes. Always we triumph. So our being captives in triumph means that 
We are chained to win. <laughs> I like that. We are chained up to win. We are compelled to win. We are forced to win every day. We go into any situation, any conflicting situation, any challenging situation, any painful situation, any trial, any testing. When you are in, know that you are in as a victor. I believe this is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew. When they were going into that fire, they said, we know that he would save us. But even if he doesn't, you know why they say so? Because if they were to burn in the fire, they have won a higher victory. What the enemy does not know is that the flesh does not stop them from winning their victory. The sickness you are going through does not stop you from singing your victorious songs of healing because actually you may be feeling sick, it's a fact, but it's not the truth. Actually, you may be without money, it's a fact, but it's not the truth. The truth is that God supplies your every need. The truth is that he's your shepherd. He lays a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You may be feeling lonely. It's not the truth. It's a fact. The truth is that God is with you. You may be feeling there's no helper. The truth is that God said, I myself will help you. He's your helper. What is the fact you are going through? Check the truth from the word of God. Every battle you are in, you are in already with Christ as a victor. A victorious Christ is your leader. A triumphant Christ is your general. He's your captain and he will not lead you to destruction. You see, our lives must become a place where the incense, the fragrance, the sweetness, the aroma that comes from us. People should look at us and say, he seems to be struggling. And yet, when you see him, there is a joy that he exudes. I don't know who God is speaking to right now. Definitely he is speaking to my heart. You may cry some tears. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. He said, therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is how we worship God. This is how we worship God. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 12, the Bible says, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. I came to bring you hope. I came to tell you that when you join Christ's triumphant procession, you are held captive to hope. Things may look hopeless, but I want you to know Christ will give you victory at the end of your story because he has won the victory already. And actually, as you march on with him, you are marching in victory. If you did not win victory yesterday, the Bible says we are, we should return to this fortress, this place of captivity. Activity. And this place of captivity is a place of hope. And hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. My brother, my sister, hold on to the Lord. Stay pulled in the journey. Don't turn to the left or to the right. I don't know what it is that makes you feel defeated. No, you are not a victim. You are a victor. I don't know what it is that makes you feel that you are conquered. 
No, you are not conquered. You are the conqueror. You are the victor. Rise up and tell yourself that this morning, the word that has come to me, that thing which is ailing me, that thing which is making me afraid, that thing which is clouding my, my vision, that thing has been rolled away because I can see Christ at the head of my journey. I can see Christ leading the procession not to destroy, but to give me victory. Thanks be to God who always may you receive victory today may you be triumphant in your trials today may you have a testimony from your testings today and celebrate God because the word of God comes to do just what it has been sent for the word I've spoken to you will not return void it has come to do what God sent it to do to make you triumphant in your situation, to remind you that you are already a victorious person, to remind you that God who won the victory is with you, for you, and not against you. May the Lord bless you today. And before I bring this message to an end, maybe you are there. And your walk with the Lord has become cold. Maybe you have turned your back on him. Maybe you have never entered into relationship with Christ. I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's a prayer and faith away to your salvation. I want you to pray this prayer of salvation today. Mean it from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And please write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to pray for all of you who heard me. Father, lift up your mighty right hand. Embrace as many people who need help. And give them the help you have promised. As you have said in Isaiah, I myself will help you. May each person find grace and find strength from your helping hand. May they find love, embrace them in your sweet love, and bless them with everything that is good. That in this procession of triumph, every day of this week, they will experience triumph in their hearts, in their minds, in their bodies, in their pockets. May their children experience triumph. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Music